0: Metallica, here they come The kings of metal
1: (laughs) (laughs) On a bird This is John from Bukasa You're listening to Metal of Your Podcast
0: So we
2: Welcome to the Your Podcast, I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. This is episode 269, and we're doing the last episode of The Blacklist. This is part four, and
3: uh, we're going to cap it off, man. We're putting a cap on The Blacklist. Putting the old cap on the bottle, putting it back in the fridge. This is exciting because, well, it's always exciting to complete a project. Sure, yeah. And I feel like we completed this project. We did, thoroughly. And what we're going to do at the end of this episode is we were going to pick our top ten of mm-hmm. The Blacklist... Which is pretty fun, because there's so many artists involved, and so much of it was quite good. Yeah, absolutely. Surprisingly good. But what do we expect from Metallica? The quality's usually pretty high with those guys. Yeah,
2: absolutely, yeah. yeah. We got a top ten coming, and we may have made a little bit of a list of our maybe least favorite.
3: Yeah, I called them the top five misfires. Misfires, Well, first I called them stinkers. Yeah, stinkers. And then, I gotta be honest with you, I felt a little bad about it, because these are artists who took time to try to do something creative and fun Mm -hmm. and pay homage while also trying to be themselves. It ain't easy to do. Right. And I know that because I try to make things all the time, and I don't like some of the things I make. Of it's course, hard, yeah. It's hard to make things. It's hard to make things. So I did call them misfires. Misfires, you okay. can have the best intentions in misfire. I do that almost every week with songwriting. Right. So.
2: And, and let's be honest, too. Like, some of the ones that we might consider misfires are by really, really talented artists. You know, yes. like you have, like, the Neptunes with Pharrell. You know, I mean, obviously Pharrell's done some amazing stuff uh, in the production world um, and as an artist on his own. But, uh, yeah, we'll get to that later.
3: So a really cool thing did happen in the news. Let's knock that out real quick. We're going to do some housekeeping. By the way, welcome to Metalhead Podcast. We're an all Metallica podcast. Ethan and I get together every uh, week to talk about our yeah. favorite metal band, which is Metallica. We just got home from the road. We at the time of hearing this, where will we be? We'll be somewhere.
2: We'll be in Key West. We'll be in Key West. Yeah, we'll be uh, just soaking up the rays.
3: Um, we'll probably be half nude, if not full. Yeah, uh, drink in hand, <clears throat> drink in hand. Yeah, it just depends on the laws. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you have a lot of laws about how close you can be to like schools and stuff, so other than right. that. Colleges, which is, is weird. colleges, oh, yeah. no, really? Yeah. Okay, adults have banned you. <laughs> um, so let's do some of this housekeeping before we jump into the blacklist, do our top tens. And I also did honorable mentions. Did you do honorable mentions? I did mentions? as well, yes. So it's going to be a jam-packed episode. Oh, yeah. Okay, so check this out in the news. Metallica has donated a drum kit to an L.A.-based street musician who, well, let me just read the story because I don't want to get any of the facts right. wrong. So the headline, this is from um, Classic Rock and Culture uh, UCR. I can't even tell what these things are anymore. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to give credit where credit's due. Headline is Metallica gives crime victim, street drummer, a new kit. Uh, Sheriff Drummond has become a well-known face in Los Angeles where he spent the past six years performing from the back of his truck. He refined and customized his customized his rig until it was stolen From outside his home last month, although cops returned to the truck, the drums were not recovered. Yeah. So somehow Metallica heard about this, a a representative presented to Drumman, which is Drumman. Drumman, yeah. A new Tama kit. Of course, Lars has been a faithful Tama endorseee for his entire career. Yeah. Based on advice he got from Neil Peart. It's crazy. Remember that?
2: And Neil Peart wasn't even really a Tama guy for most of his career.
3: This is the statement that they made. They said, we can't have Sheriff Drumming without drums, so our friends at Metallica wanted to say, here you go, my friend. Get back to drumming. This kit's all for you. We hope you enjoy it. Cool. He added, keep up the spirits of the LA community. They all love you.
2: Which is amazing. That's awesome. I, I ended up uh, kind of going down a bit of a rabbit hole this morning and watching some videos of this dude, and he is a badass drummer.
3: Okay, cool. Um, it says, the emotional recipient whispered, I don't know what to say. A little later, he spoke to the camera, telling the band, thank you guys so much. Thank you for taking the time and the resources to support and help what I do. I love you for that. And the band responded, We're honored to be able to help out a fellow artist keep the music going.
4: Man, thank you guys so much. Thank you for taking the time and your resources
0: to support and to help what I do. I love you for that. And we'll love to meet you one day in person.
3: You know, just another... uh... Another thing that they didn't have to do, and yeah. it's a small gesture, it's a drum kit, that's yeah. not much to them, but to, to this him. guy who... This is his life. This is his life. And Absolutely. apparently brings a lot of joy to a lot of people in his community. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, I watched a
2: few videos where he, uh, he basically, like, he, he, he's got his drum kit set up in the back of his truck, and like, there's like a PA built into the bed of his truck, too, right. so he jams along with songs. I mean, the dude's no joke on the drums, he's a, he's a full badass. Right. But he talks about, he goes to everywhere from, like, Target parking lots to gas stations and just... He said his goal is just to put sm- a smile on people's faces. When's he coming to Nashville? I don't know, man. Sheriff Dr- Sheriff Drumman. Sheriff
3: Drumman. Drumman. Okay, well, that's pretty cool. Cool to highlight that. Kudos to the boys for making us proud mm-hmm. to be fans, as they usually do. All right, if you want to support the show, you can. We're on iTunes. It's really easy to just leave a really quick review there. You don't even have to really write anything. You can just put five stars. Assuming, of course, you believe we deserve five stars. Right. Which if you don't, that's fine, too. That's Okay. Um, we also, if you want to go, uh, deeper into the support category, we have the Patreon. You'll hear a commercial for it. We won't bore you with the deets, but, uh, it's a pretty special place over there. And, you know, let's face it. It's not easy to put this together every week. Right. And the support over at Patreon goes a long way. It's basically the equivalent of buying me and Ethan a cup of coffee or a beer a month. And we're giving away, I guess we're going to have to do it when we get back from this tour that we're about to do. Probably. But we're giving yeah. away this box set and some cool water coolers, metal podcast stuff. Uh, we'll be shipping it to a lucky winner. It's as That's simple right, as that. Yeah. Um, we're on all the socials. You guys know what those are. And you can also review us on Spotify. It goes a long way. It helps. Easiest way to get a hold of us is our email address, metalupyourpodcastshow at gmail.com. We're going to dip in now and check in with the fam. I say we do it.
2: All right, our first email is from Seth Stidham. Good morning. Just heard my email read right on your recent show. Thank you. It made my morning. I digress. Hard to defend Mr. Dave's dumb dumbassery. Well,
3: this was the guy who said that I should take it easy on Mustaine.
2: Right, right, right. Um, he said, yeah, he said, hard to defend Mr. Dave's dumb dumbassery. Uh, for, for, forever and always, Metallica is better than Megadeth. Please don't stop doing that voice. Fucking hilarious. Hope you all have a wonderful week respectfully always, Seth. Well, thank you, Seth. I appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate
3: it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sweating bullets. I was sweating bullets when I got the email, but now my knees are clammy and my palms are sweaty. Yeah,
2: it's really weird. I feel like I just hit some high-speed dirt.
1: This <laughs> is a foreclosure of a dream, really. I mean, you know, I guess I'll, I'll just have to go home and write my
3: symphony of destruction. Hold on. is that? I'm looking over the horizon here and do I see Kronos? Kronos! <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next email's from... From Andrew Bootsalas. Now, this is an interesting email full of a bunch of yeah. uh, ponderous what-ifs. So we're going to get into the, the shit here, Oh yeah, you and I. Okay, he says, You're, Clint and Ethan, I was just listening to my favorite Beatles podcast, and they were discussing their greatest Beatles wishes, essentially what-if scenarios that realistically could have happened throughout the band's colored and well-documented history. Which, by the way, I've been dipping into a bunch of Beatles podcasts. Mm-hmm. I have not found any that are any good at all. Wow. Like, the four or five that I took a sampling of, horrible
2: i mean are, do any of these have like a ton of great reviews and stuff like that or are you just kind of going in the order that you find i
3: I've, I've looked at the most interesting titles and the most interesting like cover art and figured i figured they can't be that bad clinton has already started the beatles podcast in his mind well i mean i don't know about that but i all i know is that they're not good so right. i'm interested andrew in what your favorite is because maybe i just had a shitty search that day all right he says comfortably in lounge position I began thinking about my Metallica fantasies and what I would have loved to have seen as chapters in the Mighty Metallica story. Similar to the Beatles format, I wouldn't change anything drastically that would have dramatically changed the band's history, such as Cliff surviving the bus crash uh, or Bob Rock coming into the band's life. He says, but there are a few things I cannot help feel could have happened and elevated the band. So he's going to go through a few what-if scenarios, and we're going to get some hot takes on this. He says, number one, one more 90s album. I think 1999 James Hetfield is the absolute peak. His voice and look on Garage Inc. are unmatched, in my opinion. I would love to have heard a post-Reload album comprised of studio versions of Minus Human, No Leaf Clover, I Disappear, and some more groove, stoner rock jams. He says, I mean, isn't it always weird seeing that St. Anger comes after Reload chronologically? Something is missing.
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, it is obviously a drastic difference, but was the same case going from Justice to the Black Album.
3: Yeah, that's kind of on on
2: base for them. Now, had they, let's say, they had just skipped over and not done a Garage Ink or even an S&M, and let's say they did another studio record in the late 90s, would it have been maybe a bit of a hybrid from the Reload sound into that San Anger sound? I don't know. Well, the, yeah, They would have been a different a different spot all personally, too, though. I mean, you know, Jason would have still been in the band. You know, who, who knows what would have happened.
3: I definitely consider S&M the tri- the, the, another 90s album yeah because they played so much of the load reload material and it was that sound and mm-hmm. they kind of they kind of 90s up the 80s stuff yeah for sure like uh, that's my favorite version of the thing that should not be it's really, really over good. puppets just yeah because it's it's darker and broodier, and you get that late 90s James vocal on it.
2: Yeah, that's my favorite version of um, Middle Eve Clover.
3: It's my, <laughs> well, thank goodness for that. It's my favorite live version of Puppets, is on SM. Yeah, it's really good. Um, what else is it my favorite version of? I mean, I love that version of A Wolf and Man. The mm-hmm. Devil's Dance is sick. They'll never do that again. Yeah. Um, it's a toss up between that one and the SM2 for Definitive Outlaw Torn. I
2: mean, you know, for not doing another actual studio album in the late 90s, I mean, we got garage inc which half of that was new recordings and we got snm in a matter of a couple of years so that's pretty and awesome. and i
3: will say too like the load reload era those are those are long records i mean there's a lot of material yeah oh yeah i mean of course i would i would if you know there was another batch of 14 of those songs laying around of course i'd love to hear it sure but i'm not, i don't really have a problem with how it all played out because yeah. it is on brand for them and i like that they move on now moving on from Reload to Saint Anger is a bummer for me, sure. But I like that they did it, and I like. I mean, I'm glad that they moved on from Saint Anger to Death Magnetic, for absolutely. Sure. So I feel like I feel pretty content with Black Album, Load, Reload, Garage Inc, S and M for a decade.
2: I mean, that's that's a hell of a decade.
3: All right, he's got another what if it says resequencing of the Black Album. Okay, so this is interesting. He says for being a quote unquote perfect album, there's something about the Black Album that doesn't connect with me. I think the reasoning is that it plays like a greatest hits of radio-prepared singles. I also think the weakest song on the album, Struggle Within, closes it out. Two alterations would make this album perfect for me. Open with Struggle Within. It's a cool enough short barn burner to get you amped, like Hardwired. Then you go into the rest of the track listing. Inner M being the massive second track. Finally, the album closes with an instrumental, expansive, spacey version of My Friend of Misery, like Jason intended. It would give the album more space to breathe and close... Uh, Close on an epic note. What do you think about that?
2: Well, I'm going to, you know, unfortunately disagree about the Struggle Within because that's one of my favorite Metallica songs.
3: But you have said you thought it should open the album.
2: Yeah, and uh, I have friends that are, you know, big Metallica nerds that have thought the same thing or maybe make a playlist in that order or sometimes, you know, just listen to the record in reverse, how they've played it live, too. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, Struggle would be an incredible album opener. I mean, it has that whole, you know... You know mm-hmm. all that stuff. I mean, it, it's that sounds like a more classic Metallica opener. Yeah, you know from from records past. But um, I don't know if I want to. Other than that, I, I like mean, what do you think album. is a weaker song on the Black album than Struggle? Um, Maybe don't tread don't on tread me. on me. Yeah, that's that's probably if had to order them, that'd be my least favorite. Even though it's still a episode started with that Killer Volbeat version though. It did.
3: Um, all right, what do you think about my friend of in Misery an instrumental track?
2: I mean. I'm sure I'm sure they could have put together something really cool and epic, uh, based upon, you know, Call of Cthulhu and Orion stuff like that. But I mean, I I just can't imagine the song without James's awesome lyrics, melodies, you know, that great bridge with the B bender telly. Yeah, well that would be there. Um He's basically that, saying that's My Friend in Misery yes. without lyrics. Right. Um, I mean, it'd still be cool. I mean, I'm sure they would have approached it a little differently if there, there was no intention in writing lyrics and melodies.
3: Yeah, I got to say, I prefer it with the lyrics. I, uh, I, yeah, I like it. Absolutely. That's one of my favorites. That That is easily... That's that's in my top three, probably, from that album. Top three from Black Album, Shooting From The Hip. I'm going to say Through the Never, My Friend of Misery, and The Unforgiven. I was gonna say. Uh, well, I gotta put Sabotru in there.
2: I was gonna say Sabotru, Unforgiven, and Misery.
3: That's tough to do a quick top three. It really is. <laughs> quick top
2: three from Puppets. Um, a Master of Puppets, Orion, and Batter, uh, Battery.
3: I would guess for you. I'm actually gonna say uh, Damage Inc. Okay, for me it's Orion, Damage Inc. And Disposable Heroes. All right, quick top three from uh, Lightning.
2: <laughs> Lightning, uh, Fade to Black,
3: Creeping Death, and uh, Call Me All right, for me it's for me it's the song Ride the Lightning, Fade to Black, Creeping Death. Okay. Just shoot from the hip. Shoot from the hip, man. let's fuck it. Let's do Kill Them All.
2: (laughs) Kill Them All. Uh, Jump in the Fire. Wow. Uh, uh, I love that song. Jump in the Fire. Oh, 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 sorry. If I'm doing an order, I'm going to say Four Horsemen. No order, just top three. Okay. Four Horsemen, (laughs) Jump in the Fire, and No Remorse.
3: (laughs) Okay, I'm going Hit the Lights. Uh, Four Horsemen, Uh, No Remorse, yeah. Okay. Uh, Awesome. Um, Well, let's just do it and see what happens.
2: Uh, Let's do Justice. Justice. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do Blackened, Shortest Straw, and uh, To Live Is To Die. All right. I'm doing Blackened 1, To Live Is To Die.
3: Okay. Uh, Let's just do all of them. Load. (laughs) Let's just do all of them. This is a quick little game.
2: Load. Uh, I'm going to do 2 by Mm 4 I know these are the first two. Ain't My Bitch, because I love that song. (laughs) You're just looking at the track listing. I'm not. I'm looking at our, our emails right now. Uh, and then I'm going to do, um,
3: uh, until it sleeps. Okay. Bleeding me till it sleeps. Outlaw Torn. Reload. Uh, I'm going to do Fixer. Yep. Um, Fuel. Mm.
2: And, uh, I mean, I got to go with, um, um, why am I blank right now? I'm Mar- 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 faithful Mar- Faithful, big single. Oh my God. Memory Remains. Mar- Mar- remains.
3: Okay. For me, Fixer, Better Than You, mm. and Unforgiven too.
2: Oh, Unforgiven 2, shit.
3: Yeah. That's a good one. St. Anger? St.
2: Anger. I'm going to go with the song St. Anger. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do, um, you know, I've come around to Frantic a lot over the years, especially yeah. when they started playing it live again, and then yeah. I'm going to do Dirty Window. Okay.
3: I'm going to say Dirty Window, Unnamed Feeling, Frantic. Tight. Death Magnetic. Ooh, Death
2: Magnetic. Unforgiven 3, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh,
3: David Never Comes, mm-hmm. and That Was Just Your Life. Okay. I'm going to go My Apocalypse. Judas Kiss All Nightmare Long. Sick. Shooting from the hip. All right. Lulu. Um <laughs> <laughs> Junior Dad. Junior Dad. Junior Dad. Uh Hardwired. Uh, hardwired.
2: Um Dream No More. Yeah. Uh Atlas Rise. Hmm. And um Halo on Fire.
3: I'm gonna go spit out the Bone, Dream No More. Moth in the Flame. Mm, nice. Wow,
2: that was fun yeah, It's like we just its like we just walked <laughs> out of the
1: saloon and Shooting from the hip <laughs> This town ain't big enough for the likes of our top three list. shooting from the hip Pew pew I lost my eyesight long ago A buzzard ate out one of my eyes When I was in the desert And I fell ill Because I hadn't had any water for months Because I was hunting a wanted man buzzard ate out one of my eyes I can't see no good no more but that don't mean I can't shoot from the hip and shoot you right in the bullseye. I lost some sight in one of my eyes from trying to pick a top three from every, every Megadeth record.
2: Oh, God. And it,
1: it, it done made me blind. <laughs> Once I got past Dawn Patrol, I do reckon I couldn't think of any more. All right,
3: shooting from the hip, top three from Risk. <laughs> I don't remember the song titles. Oh, my God. I tell you what it's a top something of. Worst album cover What about
2: Kronos. I like that one.
3: That was called Time, the Beginning, and then there was Time, the End. That's right. Yeah, where he sees Kronos, yeah. who is the god of time.
1: I see Kronos!
3: All right, he goes on to say, we've got a few more what-if scenarios here. His next one is St. Anger, shorter songs and solos. He says, I thought Dirty Window was the highlight of Night 2 at the 40th anniversary shows. If St. Anger songs were shorter and had solos, I think this album would be regarded as a rare punk gem in their whole catalog. Three-minute headbangers like hardwired and maybe a spacier version of All Within My Hands. My wish for St. Anger is that it it sounded better. Sounded better and... Uh, I, and I agree. I guess I guess shorter. Shorter? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> shorter? Kirk's flavor on there, you know? I, I mean, we're almost saying I wish that it was just completely different. Yes. You know, it's like wishing it to be something it's just not, but... But if it was the same riffs and the same, same song, basic songs... Yeah, same but, songs.
2: But James... No one else wrote the lyrics. Let James do that. Yeah, You know, a little bit shorter... Uh, and let Kirk have a little more little, little playing time it, yeah, on the needed, field. Yeah,
3: it needed more color, and uh, I think the idea that it should sonically be hard to listen to, I think that idea gets nixed. Yeah. Like, the re- the remix of the single, Some Kind of Monster, big improvement. Absolutely. They made it five minutes long. Mm-hmm. They, they put a lot of ketchup and mustard on the vocal. Right. But, you know, James is a great singer. He doesn't need... It's not like fucking... You know, millie Vanilli up there, <laughs> right. but I like I like treated vocals on certain kinds of albums. I mean, it's, you know? it was
2: like that. I mean, I'm, I'm there, there was I feel like there was more, you know, production on his vocal on Kill 'Em All than there was Saint Anger. I'll
3: give you a great example. I think about this every time I hear Moth in the Flame, and in fact, several Lunar Satan songs. I told Paul, I was like, I want my vocal to sound to have the delay and reverb combo mm-hmm. of Moth, because if you're listening to it like in your car. You can't really tell, but there's an aggregate effect. If you listen to it, headphones cranked, there's a really cool delay on his vocal. Yeah. It's just treated a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't mean you can't sing. It's not tuned. I mean it's probably tuned a little it's bit. It's just fit it's
2: you know, it, it also that those kind of production choices on someone's vocal um also are fitting to the song too. Yeah. You know, like you might not do that on the song hardwired, but Halo and Fire, sure. Put some ketchup mustard on there. A little bit more at least.
3: All right. Lastly he says a solo country James album, Yes. is We've talked about for years. He says, We all demand this one, don't we? It has to happen. If Metallica is going to continue to take an entire Beatles career's worth of time between albums. And he says, This should be a standard unit of measurement in the music industry. He says, We at least need some pop Hat crooning with an acoustic. Mostly I'm curious about both of your Metallica fever dream scenarios. Somehow, for being such an amazing band, they are always just giving us 90% of what we want. Maybe the imperfections are what keep us talking about them. It's all probably a part of Lars's master plan. And he signs off by saying, I see Kronos, peace. <laughs> so that needs to be the new, the new New Jersey, maybe. Yeah, I see Kronos. I Chronos. see Kronos! I love over the years of this podcast that people will
2: incorporate little sayings in the emails, like when they write and say, Dear Mother, Dear Father Earth. Oh, my God. Like,
3: that kind of stuff is so good. What's funny is that that was just such a th- thing for me when I was a kid. I just always thought that. And now it's a big joke on my podcast about Metallica. That's right. That would be a fun sentence to tell myself. Yeah,
2: for sure. <laughs> dear Mother, dear Father
3: Earth. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, it's, I think I've said this before about this issue. I think the window for that closed in for, terms of uh, it being a good record. For
2: James? Yeah,
3: yeah. for him to make a country record. Yeah. I think when he was writing that, I think he was writing Mama Said and Low Man's Lyric. He was jamming with Waylon Jennings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was listening to a lot of Tom Waits and right. like more dr- country derivative stuff. It's been twenty, twenty five yeah. years. And
2: I, and who knows if I don't know if James is the type of guy that, you know, he saves he saves all his riding time just for Metallica or if he has got dozens and dozens of just demos he's just goofed around with over the years. Who knows? I really doubt
3: it. I, I think he's got a bunch of riffs. I think he's got a bunch of riff right. tapes. But I don't know, if, I think Nothing Else Matters is probably a really rare example of where he sat in a hotel room and like wrote a song mm-hmm. that was like a sensitive acoustic Maybe Mama song. Said. Yeah, and maybe Mama Said, yeah. I, which I don't know about that. I just know he said he wrote Nothing Else Matters in a hotel on yeah. the road, you know, and you can just see him sitting there like we've done a million times. You He can sit yeah. there and try to write on the road. But yeah, I've never seen anything about how he wrote Mama Said. Yeah. I mean, it, it had to have just been him sitting in a room with an acoustic. I would, I would
2: imagine, or at least just the guts of the song. Um...
3: I don't know. It's t- it's tough. I feel like I feel like if I were him and I had like five more Mama Seds, but Mama Seds is the only one I wanted to put on a metallic album. I'm putting out that EP mm-hmm. in not in the mid to late '90s.
2: And also that that era would have been the time to do it. Not only because that's what he was writing, but they were already kind of off into this new world. It, it almost would seem a kind A new of fantastic point of view? A whole new world. It would seem weird for him to do that now when the, you know, the last
3: record was hardwired. But you know what, though? You know what might have stopped it is his ego and pride, because at that time, he was kind of being a bit of an asshole about Jason's side projects. Yeah, true. Pre-Echo Brain, a whole other thing with that Irate project came right. out. So if he's the guy going, it's Metallica or nothing... Mm-hmm. You have knuckleheads. He can't do that himself. I mean, it'd be hypocritical. I think obviously. it would have been, even though he was singing on, you know, uh, Corrosion of Conformity albums. I mean, he was guesting on stuff. Yeah, guess-
2: yeah. guesting is a little different, obviously. But I guess but... for
3: him to have put out a solo project would have undermined his own sort of philosophy mm-hmm. about the family. Yeah, I can do it, but you can't. It seems a little... You know. So the question is, I mean, and of course, I'm not turning down anything that James wants to offer me creatively. Sure. But, but if if we're being honest, do you want to hear the late 90s country james album or do you want to hear 65 year old you know potentially divorced i don't know uh, i mean
2: maybe maybe i would like to hear you know an extra 25 years of life in those songs you know of living yeah you know going doing uh, going to rehab twice in those 25 years you know um
3: i mean most of my favorite country albums were made by artists when they were young sure sure you know the, the age does tend to help country material mm-hmm, yeah. because you're singing Sad old songs about regret and life, but people tend to write their best material in their youth. Yeah, for sure. You know, they are the youth gone wild. <laughs> I mean, Willie Nelson's best records are when he was in his 30s. Yeah. That's true for most artists. Yeah. 20s and 30s. I hate, his I hate to say it because I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, rapidly leaving my 30s. I am. Hey, I'm, hey I'm,
2: I'm on the other side of the fence already but, into those 40s. But so. if you
3: think about it, name some artists that made their best work. Yeah, I mean, were
2: older. the first person that came to mind that didn't even start making records until their 60s was Charles Bradley, who's no longer with us, if you've ever gotten into him, R&B, soul
3: artist. I mean, you got your Leonard Cohen's, but you got your Charles Bukowski's. Yeah, I mean,
2: there's, I mean, Bob Dylan, I mean, would you consider his best stuff in the 60s and early 70s? I
3: mean, easily, not only his best stuff, but the best music almost ever was done in the 60s right. when he was a kid. Right. I mean, in 1975, he made Blood on the Tracks when he was 30, mm-hmm. and that's real good. And I mean, he made a couple of Oh Mercy's from 87, yeah. 88, Time Out of Minds, 97. I mean, he's made some okay stuff, but he, yeah. it, it, it doesn't compete with Highway 61. Right, of course.
2: The only, you know, the, the f- A few people that I could think of that still made great records into their 60s, let's say, Tom Petty. Yeah, he did. Bruce Springsteen yeah it's still making good stuff. Elvis Costello still making his new record, but
3: hard, but hard to say that anything Tom did after wildflowers is better than wildflowers true. and hard to say that Springsteen anything he's done is better than Nebraska right. So, you know, it's tough.
2: yeah. but at least it's at least it's not like, Wow, they're really making sad, boring,
3: shitty, yeah, shitty records. I mean, Paul McCartney's made some great records. Yeah, oh, dude. Chaos that, and Creation in the Backyard is a great album. That, to
2: me, is like almost an extension of a Beatles record. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just a great album. Um, you know, and, and of course, you know, Bruce Springsteen's done stuff like The Ghost of Tom Jody, The Rising, great stuff in the 2000s. Um, but of course, yeah, Nothing Might Top, you know, the I think Ghost of Tom or, Jode is early 90s. Ghost of Tom Jode was 96, I believe. Yeah. Um, but uh, The
3: Rising was early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Either way, it's possible. But no one's going to put The Rising up against fucking Born to Run, No, no. That's all I'm saying. So, you know, and I don't know. It's not even really fair, I guess. You can't really compare an artist to their previous work. Mm -hmm. Like, I would never say to James, well, don't even bother because uh, you're not 35 anymore. Right. But I'm just thinking out loud. I'm just thinking about it. I'd rather... it would be a bummer if he did it and it wasn't good. Wouldn't that be kind uh, of a of, bummer? Of
2: course, unless he recorded at the Smokestack with all of us as his backing band. That would be pretty fucking sick. I do you can't imagine? Oh, my
3: God. Um. Well, thank you, Andrew. That was a very fun email. We do need to zip through this. We're, this, we're taking up some time, but uh, yeah, I real. do appreciate that.
2: Yeah, the what ifs are is a good time. All right, The next email is from Sanwal Abbas. Um. Hey, Clint Nathan. I've recently rescued a cat whom I've lovingly named Frodo.
3: Well, because we have fun with his name. We call him Samwise. Right, Samwise. So... He's now got Frodo in his life. Oh Sam,
2: I have a cat now. Where's the ring? I named
4: him Frodo Sam after you and me and our journey and Gimli Legolas.
2: (laughs) He says, "Man, I still can't believe it for the
4: Eye of Sauron." (laughs) Well, the orcs were forged in the hellish uh, landscape and the eye of Sauron watches us all. Tom Bombadil trouncing through the Black Forest.
2: <laughs> yes. I got to rewatch those. Those are fun. Uh, it says, man, I still can't believe they actually performed Fixer. I remember I used to spam the fuck out of Metallica's Instagram comments saying, Fixer, please. I now love the song even more than I do. I noticed Kirk was Kirk has writing creds on that song. So what riff do you think he contributed uh, Kirk's writing credits are very interesting when it comes to uh Reload. If you ask me, hope he, uh both of y'all are healthy, happy, and kicking ass into year five of Metal Up. Uh, your friend Sanwal Samwise Abbas from New Jersey, Pakistan. Nice. Um, Hard to tell. Well, hey man, listen. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't mean to be a stinker and correct you, but we are in your six. We have finished five years. What did he say? Oh, you're just saying uh, into, oh, into, into year, year five. five, but we're hey, we're we're a year ahead of that, man. We we finished. Are we five. into year six? This is this this will be this we we are starting our sixth year. We had our fifth anniversary. Okay, cool.
3: <laughs> <laughs> How old are we? I don't know which parts Kirk's responsible for, but I know that anytime he's involved creatively, it's better. M- maybe that and bridge riff. Maybe I don't yeah, know. Maybe the main riff. Maybe. I mean, he did write a little riff called sand Sandman. I've heard of it. All right. Garrett writes in and says, I was searching through podcasts for interviews with the members of our favorite band. I found a couple with Kirk Hammett. And as fortune might have it, I stumbled upon your guys' show, jumped in and listened to a couple of the recent shows, particularly the 40th anniversary ones as I was in San Francisco for them. So cool to hear from fellow musicians and people who share that deep-seated passion for the greatest band of all time. I was immediately hooked, went back to episode one, started listening to everything from the beginning. I really love all the topics you've chosen and wish I could be part of some of those conversations, as I'm sure many others do, LOL. In one of the episodes, one of you listed Dream No More as one of your top ten favorite songs. I really love that song, too. Reminds me of a modern day, The Thing That Should Not Be, with the contents of the writing, maybe not necessarily the sound, but just thought I'd share that. Yeah, it's definitely, it's one of the Cthulhu mm-hmm. uh, mythos songs. One of the H.P. Lovecraft Awaken. songs. Cthulhu Awaken. Anyways, just wanted to reach out and let you know that you're doing uh, the guys of Metallica and their fans justice. Dare I say justice for all? Dare you. He says corny bullshit, I know. But nonetheless, you're still gaining fans. And I wanted to say thank you and hope you guys keep doing what you're doing because it helps keep the Metallica fire stoked and just makes life better. Wish the best to both you guys. Happy hurdy-gurdy. <laughs> Fellow Metallica worshiper, Garrett. Oh, Thanks, Garrett. Well, thank you, Appreciate Garrett.
2: Appreciate that, homie. All right, our last email is from Harvey Marshall. Hey, Clint and Ethan. I hope you guys are doing well. I really enjoyed the 40th anniversary episodes you did with Paul. Paul? Huh? It felt like I was hanging out with you guys and watching the shows, too. The 40th anniversary shows got me thinking. Will the band keep touring until their 50th anniversary in December 2031? James will be 68 years old. Lars will be turning 68. Kirk will be 69, and Robert will be 67. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this topic. Do they uh, play fewer shows each year so they can make it to 50? Do they play less songs at each show? Do they retire some of the faster songs like Battery, Black, and Fight Fire? Do you think they'll retire from playing live shows completely after their 50th, 50th and keep making albums? Of course, the physical and mental health of each band member is the most important thing in this decision. Would love to hear your insight. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that this amazing band is still out there kicking ass after forty years. I can't wait to hear some of your n- new music from them. Hopefully this year. Thanks for all the hard work you guys put into the show. We listeners much appreciate it. Keep up the great episodes. Thanks, dude. Harvey Marshall from Indiana, New Jersey. Uh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they make it to fifty. I mean, I'm sure they'll try. I think they're smart enough to know when to hang it up, though.
3: I think they're doing a lot of shoring up right now. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah why i don't know maybe because they don't know about the future maybe the future uncertain maybe
2: they're like the planes coming in for landing i mean i don't know um i could see one more record one more tour cycle realistically
3: yeah it gets into you know uh the, to, to bring in the sports a little bit so like tom brady is you know got bounced out of the playoffs mm-hmm. he's the oldest and most successful of his age quarterback in nfl history right he came out today and said he doesn't know if he's retiring or not. It's a game they all play, yeah. they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. Um, and in fact, to bring this actually more closer to home here, the latest Tool album is uh, its about a lot of this. It's There's a song on there. It's the best song on the album. Cracked its way into my top five of all time called Invincible. Yeah, And the whole song is about um, basically an aging warrior mm-hmm. and knowing when to bow out. Yep. knowing when it's too late, knowing when you've hit your prime or you passed your prime. It deals with all of those things. Yeah, Because Maynard James Keenan's of a certain age, and it's a metaphor for Tool as a relevant rock and roll band in mm-hmm. this climate, and it's really about him as a man, you know? And they're going to have to wrestle with that. That's what Tom Brady's wrestling with. When do you? Yeah. When do you... Because here's what you don't want to do if you're Metallica, because I have an ego. I'm a musician. You don't want your last thing to be stadiums and arenas sold out all around the world to getting those getting those dreaded emails and updates and text messages and phone calls, the ticket sales are low. Mm -hmm. Reviews for the album aren't good. Right. Um, You know what would be really good is if you could team up with Megadeth so we could sell some tickets. Yeah, right. Because you look at all these bands that really aren't making great albums, Mm -hmm. no offense, and probably can't sell a lot of tickets on their own, so you put a bill together, a nostalgia bill, or you start a cruise festival. Yeah, right. And you kind of just grift and and fleece and try to make some money. Yeah, for sure. Do we want to see Metallica do that? Do I, they want to see themselves do that?
2: I think the answer is no and no. Because
3: they've been the kings for so long. Right. And when you're the king, you don't want to not be the king anymore. I mean, the good thing is, as long as the songs are there and
2: the riffs and whatnot, you get in the studio, that magic can happen. It's, yeah. it's, you know As far as making a good quality sounding record, as long as the songs are good, yeah. it'll kick ass.
3: And they got Greg. They got a great partner who... Oh, yeah. who at this point, knows how to make a good album with them, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, if Hardwired was like a six out of ten for me, or like a four out of ten, I'd be pretty worried. But Hardwired is like a nine out of ten. The Hardwired for me. is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 definitely better than Saint Anger.
2: But they got, I mean, they got to think about that. And I, I think honestly, I think it'll be James or Lars first to to bring up that idea, or or maybe talk about that decision. Like, hey, I'm I'm not I'm not able to give what I used to.
3: Well, right. Well, you know. I think yeah. I think uh, that brings up a really good point. So I think there's a physical boundary here where it's like I can't physically play battery the way battery needs to go, mm-hmm. and so I'd rather just not do that than play a shitty version of battery. Yeah. Um, so there's like a physical thing, and then there's also just the like if we can't be at the top, I don't I don't want to sell. I don't want to have sell out an arena. Yeah. And have to pad an arena. You know. I think I just think there's legacy things in play.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you think that maybe Lars would be the last one to? give it up.
3: I think the last one to give it up would probably either be Robert Kirk. I think they're going to just do whatever the the, the head guys want to do for Right, yeah, of course. Yeah. Kirk Kirk's not retiring. No, no, but I but the... I could
2: see James maybe like I could see James maybe bringing it up like, "Hey, I can't do this like the way he used to" or, or like, you know, creatively I'm 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 at this place. And I I could maybe see Lars trying to kind of snap him out of it or talk him out of it. Just cuz Lars is just just the biggest fan of Metallica. Um, but he's also a really smart person. I mean, he, he might be able to see the writing on the wall just as clear.
3: I think James wants to do it less than Lars. Mm-hmm. But I think Lars, it's harder for Lars to do than James. Yeah. It's harder to play those songs on drums every night than it is for James to play and sing them, I think, from yeah. what I can tell. Yeah. Like, you watch Lars play now, he's concentrating hard. Mm-hmm. The, the, I think it's it's more physically demanding to do that job. absolutely is, yeah. So I think you have that interesting balance there. I, I think Lars loves it more. I think James loves it. Yeah, but I, there is a sense of James that I that I intuit that might be wrong. It's just my opinion that he would rather be at home. He's mm-hmm. a pretty solitary individual, right. uh, very private guy. I think he feels like he's accomplished a lot, and he has. And I feel like there were moments of the of the World Wire Tour where it seemed like he was just doing his job. And obviously, you know, he was worried about being healthy out there, and yeah. he obviously wasn't. Mm -hmm. you know so the whole 50 shows a year thing i mean he had a relapse when he was on the road so to him the road is a symbol of not even a symbol to him the road is something that's like diametrically opposed to his health yeah for sure so i can see him being like well i'm down to make another record but Mm -hmm. another three years of stadiums and arenas can we even sell those tickets yeah the lighting director told me when he was telling me about all their production stuff he was like He he said it in a cool way. I don't I don't want to put it in a weird way, but he was like, "These guys really can't believe people just want to see them play. Mm -hmm. It's very important to them that there's a lot of cool shit to look at." Yeah, and which kind of surprised me because I'm like, "Dude, they don't need any of this stuff for me." Right. I would see them without any cues or adds to it drones. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's cool, but I I really just love the music. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think a lot of Metallica fans feel that way. Oh yeah. You know those 30th anniversary shows with just them in a club were
2: cool, right? Right. You know, and I get it in stadiums though. I mean, you got people that are really far away. You got to make them feel like they're closer. You know, so having those bells and whistles is, is a good thing. But if they played in an arena and it was just like white lights up the whole time, I'd be stoked.
3: I just think there's a lot of legacy optics to think about. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's just a lot to think about. And then of course the the bottom line is they they all four have to want to do it. Yeah, for sure. I, I just don't want to see like all of a sudden they're like, hey.
2: uh, so we're we're gonna wind things down a bit. We're gonna do a Vegas residency. See, that's what I'm you, you talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah, like th- horrible. I mean, like a lot of art. I, I almost feel like it's it, it's a bit okay for when like younger artists are doing it. Like Katy Perry, for instance, she's done a Vegas residency. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gwen Stefani is in her early fifties, but she still looks amazing, performs amazing. Um, I think maybe in the pop role that worked a little better, but I just can't see Metallica doing something like
3: that. Well, Kiss did it, Kiss and then Kiss it. was gonna be doing another one, and they had to cancel it. Because they weren't even selling tickets to that. Yeah. So do, is that what we want? No, you know, I don't want that at all. It, I'd
2: rather Metallica go out on top. And, that would like, be hard. I, I I feel like, well, I, I'll say this, and we can maybe end with this. I think that none of us are going to know when they're talking about it, of course. But I think when it does get talked about inside their camp, I think there's going to be some strategic planning on yeah. how to end it to we'll where, know. oh yeah, to where it's like, all right
3: they'll make money off of this it. This is our
2: last record. Yeah. We're going to blow out tour stadiums yeah. again, all that stuff and then we're going away bye-bye, nothing coming I, back. Yeah. Physically. I,
3: I just hope they don't do uh the the Kiss Motley Crue crap where they two in, years later endless farewell tours. <laughs> yeah. I do think when they are ready to hang it up with a last tour album, they'll let us know because they're going to be marketing the fuck out oh, of yeah, it. Oh yeah, for sure. Which, you know, I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. It's the Bon Joviification of it's 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 a business. Yeah. But I do hope they don't do that whole thing and then keep coming back.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, how many, how many times has Kiss retired now?
3: I saw them on their fa- <laughs> I literally saw them on their farewell tour in two thousand. Wow,
2: twenty two years ago. Yeah. And right now, I just recently saw an ad for the what's it called? It's like
3: now it's called the end of the road tour, and they're doing kind of what Elton John did, and Slayer kind of did it too. It's like a three year long. Yeah, it's the end of the road, but how many fucking years are you guys going to do it? Right, a lot of it got postponed because of COVID. But, sure. So they've only really retired once. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which was the farewell tour? I think in Cher's retired like eight times or something. <laughs> and you know, you know. Paul Stanley's a pretty smart dude. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he was asked often about it, the hypocrisy of it. Right. And he's basically like, fuck you. I changed my mind. Yeah. Do whatever the fuck I want to do. And which, he ain't wrong.
2: Yeah, which is true. But
3: yeah. but there is something a little disgraceful. Here's the thing. KISS is kind of disgraceful. And we've had to hold our nose as KISS fans, like our whole lives. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just the ethos of who they are. Yeah. You hold your nose. Gene Simmons, you know, he's the money guy, all this stuff. So when they do something that's like blatantly, gross like that it's almost part of their brand
2: right metallica
3: would be like a bummer it'd be like you know if radiohead was selling fucking bitcoin or something it's it's, there's just certain bands that have a a philosophy or a vibe right right and you hope they don't become shills and 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 corporate assholes yeah i
2: I would like it, it you know when the time comes for them to go out with a bang and then and that's it And of course, after that, there's still going to be things. Oh, hey, it's the anniversary. Yeah, some one off
3: gigs or.
2: Yeah, um, but even if there was no more gigs, that was it. They were done touring. And, you know, maybe they made one more studio album and that was it. You know, they're still going to throw things out there for anniversaries and things like that. There will be activity in Metallica World probably after they're all gone. Yeah. Let's be honest. But, um, yeah, I'd like them to go out with a bang. And to me, it's more like, you know, respectable. It, it gets well, it gets sad when it's like, well, it's been two years. We kind of miss it. We're going to come back.
3: You have this thing, though, like I was talking about with Tom Brady, and it happened with Michael Jordan, the greatest champion of all time, in my mm-hmm. opinion. It happened with Tiger Woods. Right. Um, this, Rocky Balboa. The, the, the desire you have to be on top, all right, and to go out on top, mm-hmm. okay. But then you also have this other side of it where you, you have the desire to continue to try to win. right? And sitting at home and not competing is – insanely difficult for these dudes you know yeah i
2: mean i mean even speaking from experience of, of being in a band and, and ending that band and doing a final tour in and a, and a final show e- even on that small scale mm-hmm. was overwhelming mm-hmm. emotionally physically all that stuff i can't imagine doing it for 40 years well and then if
3: you're lars and you're sitting at home and you're flipping through the tv or you're, you're hanging out with your sons who are listening to royal blood
2: mm-hmm.
3: you're like who are these little royal blood motherfuckers yeah you know we're you know you, you just you have this thing you want to be out there you want to be a contender right you want to be the you want to be the top shit yeah and they for sure ha- and they have been yeah so that's going to be hard that's going to be a big adjustment yeah you know I hope they're I hope they're getting some uh, therapy now I hope they're <laughs> right. I hope they're starting to have that co- because look they're going to have to transition into something different
2: eventually yeah for sure I mean who knows maybe Black starts signing a bunch of bands and Lars becomes like a, you know just the label guy.
3: He already tried so, that, remember? He had a label day. called The Music Company. But now,
2: right. <laughs> Wasn't that with, um what was his name? Uh, Wentworth. Uh, Who? Uh, remember? Uh, oh, oh, Duckworth? Uh,
3: Turner Duckworth. Turner Duckworth. <laughs> uh, my friend Johnny Gowdy was signed to that label. Oh, wow. Uh, we need to have him on the oh, show. Oh, we've talked about that yeah, before, yeah. He, yeah. He got, he, he's in uh, a couple of the Metallica bios I've read. He's in that, just when they talk about that. Era, right. Because he was one of like three artists signed... He has some actually pretty, pretty far out. Loud I just stories. I just
2: really want one day Lunar Satan to be put out on blackened recordings. Yeah, no shit. It'd be Me too. awesome.
3: Yeah. Win a couple Grammys. No big deal. Go on tour. All right. Uh, well, that's the Emo Corner. It's metal up your podcast show at gmo.com. You never know what's going to happen in the Emo Corner. You never know, honey. Who knew that was going to last 40 minutes? And uh, you're going to hear a commercial for the Patreon. If you're willing and able, it really goes a long way if you want to support the show. We really appreciate it. If not, no big whoop. Follow us on the socials. And we're going to jump into this blacklist and give you our top 10. So we'll be back in a scotch. A gif. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Clinton Ethan here. And we want to tell you about a little thing called Patreon. Patreon is an easy and interactive way to support the people who make the things that you love. For
2: as little as five bucks a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast can continue to grow in quality and content. That's equivalent to a cup of coffee or a beer once a
3: month. Not only is it easy and affordable, but we've made it a priority since day one to give back to our Patreon community. We've given away deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, black and whiskey, concert tickets to SNM2 and Slane Castle, all four of our cover Our World Black and EPs. 26 quarantine covers, and Lunar Satan demos. Invitations to exclusive
2: Zoom happy hours. The ability to ask our guests like Jay Weinberg of Slipknot, Lizzie Hale, and members of the Metallica crew your very own questions.
3: And eligibility for our Metal Tales series where you can be a guest on Metal Up Your Podcast and tell us all about a notable Metallica show you've been to. Subscribe to
2: Patreon today and immediately get access to years worth of bonus content. Thank you for supporting the
3: people who make the things that you love. Peace. Adios.
1: <laughs> I can't talk about it anymore. It's giving me a headache. Here, take two of these. Ah, new print. little yellow different.
3: All right, we're leading off here. We're winding it down. We have, what, 10 to listen to today? Nine or 10, yeah. This done. is, we're starting with you. This is Inner Salmon by Mac DeMarco. Yeah. Well, Mac DeMarco
2: is a Canadian singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist producer. Uh, I dipped into some of his, his action, his solo music. Really cool, super indie rock, um, kind of some garage rock kind of stuff. Um, That's good ugh. Yeah. A good guttural ugh. His charity is uh, the William A. Rock Camp. It's a nonprofit music and mentoring program dedicated to empowering girls and gender-expansive youth. The program explores uh, the intersection of music technology and experimentation to spark curiosity and creative exploration through a social justice lens.
3: Uh. Well, that sounds interesting.
2: So far, uh,
3: very verbatim. With worse guitar tones. What did he say? say? Cheese? (laughs) Cheese! (laughs) I thought he said Jiv. Jiv! Jiv! Maybe he's talking about Jif like peanut butter. Oh, well, maybe so. Inner Sandwich Man.
2: (laughs) Almost sounds like Rob Halford. Um. compared to his like actual solo stuff his voice sounds a lot different to me like he's putting it on a little bit you know like which, um which maybe singing a little more aggressive because of the nature of the song but
3: it's got some attitude it's some got some
0: attitude, attitude you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> that time he said "jaw" or "Joe," I heard chaw
2: Chaw It just sounded like something you hear in the Cobra Kai series when they're. And know. I got
3: to imagine these; those are ironic. Like if he loads this song up with a bunch of ironic GIFs yeah. and Chaws and stuff, it's going to shoot up on the list for me because I think it's pretty funny. It's funny. Jaw, uh. <laughs> <laughs> <Chaw. laughs> GIF are we can get a hi-yah. Maybe he's saying Jeff and Joe. Maybe he's just saying J-names. J he's just calling his friends Maybe out. Juanez is next. Maybe.
0: <laughs> oh, we got a chair. <laughs>
2: The guitar player's kind of, I don't know if that's him, but he's kind of doing the wah like in time. Wow, wow, wow. Yep. Or at least on the first half he was.
1: <laughs> Whoa! I am Krotos. <laughs> I see Krotos. You see me.
2: It's almost like to me. It almost sounds like I, I, I'm laughing at some of these jaws Like part of me makes it, it sounds like he's almost like poking fun at it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It also sounds like Maybe they learned it and ran it once or twice And then just recorded it
2: Yeah I mean, like I said I I, I checked out a couple of his top songs online And they're real cool and real vibey I guess I was expecting something A little more creative
3: out of this dude Creativity level on this is low Yeah It's like he's trying. Com- to- Comedy level's pretty high, Comedy though. Comedy level's good,
2: yeah. It's <laughs> <Some laughs> maniacal laughter. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I wonder what I would think about this song if all I heard was this version of it. I wonder if I would like it. I don't know. I wonder if, I if would. the power of the song comes through this performance as a song. Maybe. That's really hard. That's a hard thought
1: experiment. Whoa! A little jazz a little Odyssey. Little jazz at Odyssey at the end. Zoot, Zoot Riot. Don't like a bottle of beer. Don't like a bottle of beer. Riot.
3: It sounds like the opening to uh, "Last Exit" on Vitology. Yeah, totally does. <sighs> this is weird. Thanks for wasting our time, guys, with your little jam at the end. That was real weird. All right. Well, I'm gonna. What do you give that? I'm, I'm gonna gi- give that a two. I'm giving it. A,
2: I, I was gonna be a little more generous. Give it a three.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because I think I liked it more than you.
2: But yeah, yeah. that's a two.
3: Yeah. All right. This is Rena Sawayama who is a Japanese singer-songwriter, model, and actress based in London. Cool. My Old Job. Right, exactly. She was in a hip-hop group with Theo Ellis, bass player for Wolf Alice, which I'm a big Wolf Alice fan. They're oh, a awesome. UK-based... I played some of it for you when yeah. we've been traveling. Great rock band. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Female-fronted rock band. So I guess she was in a hip-hop band with the bass player. That's and cool. In 2017, she ranked in Guardian's 18 for 2018 list and was in Dazed Magazine's... 100 People Shaping Culture in 2017. Wow. Her charity's Positive East, which offers comprehensive and holistic range of HIV support and prevention services.
2: Very cool. I already like this way better.
3: It's like a deep house. Almost a okay, remix here's some, sounding.
2: There's some like Nine Inch Nails influence in there. Yeah, it's
3: industrial. Yeah. <laughs> Cha. She said suck you in Suck you in You know what James used to say in the 90s
2: F you in I'm going to censor We have children listening Earmuffs She can sing
3: Yeah, it's really her voice and the kind of Nine snails Nails drums. Was that a James? Was that a demon? Oh, that sounds like samples. Or it was a demon. Could have been a demon, yeah. The guitar tones are good.
2: Yeah, production's good. Her performance is good. are cool
3: I mean I like this better than Weezer's yes oh yes <laughs> I like it better than uh, Mac DeMarco's yeah I have to say
2: It's, it's you know it's it's pretty verbatim but at least you know she's got her flavor on it vocally production wise
3: it sounds like uh, you
1: own oh Ooh, that's cool Oh, a little oh, Eastern I Harmony. Take that, that
3: Key change just modulated up a whole yeah, step. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good double yeah yeah what's good yeah yeah
2: cha it's
3: cool she's singing the riff yeah I like some of the sounds.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure.
3: I gotta give this one a four.
2: Yeah, I was, I was, I was thinking about that four.
3: It gets a four over a three because of the some of the production. Yeah,
2: there's it, the efforts there. I mean, the production's cool. Her performance is great. Um, I probably won't listen to it again. But <laughs> no, can't imagine it. All yeah. right, what do
3: we got next? We have... Unforgiven. The Flatbush Zombies. Flatbush Zombies. Yeah,
2: they're a hip-hop group from the Flatbush District of Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, the band consists of Michi Darko, Zombie Juice, and Eric Arc Elliott. Little Zombie Juice? Little Zombie Juice. Uh, their charity is Save Our Stages, which is a cool one we're very familiar with over the last uh, couple years during the pandemic. Um, yeah, organization's awesome. They're, they're, they raise money to help independent venues all across the country stay afloat so who's singing? That's James Hetfield.
3: Oh, this it's, is this has stems also. It
2: stems on it. Yeah, it's uh it's slow. It's slowed down. Oh,
3: they slowed it down.
2: I think it's good use of it though.
3: I think it's weird. It feels. It sounds weird. Oh, so original lyrics Yeah That's cool
2: how they sampled the Nylon string I mean, dude, this dude's flow is awesome I mean, I guess it's for a hip-hop group, it's probably kind of tough. Like, what do you do with that? Like, we want to do Unforgiven.
3: I've actually, for the other more hip-hop-oriented ones, I've thought, why didn't they just rap, like, write something? Like these dudes, I I actually really like. it. I I wish I could see the lyrics. Yeah. I mean, assumedly, they tie into the theme of a life of regret. Yeah. Self-hatred, lack of self-forgiveness. Right. The slowed vocal is is weird. And I like all the breakbeat drum stuff. Yeah.
2: That sounds like a zombie juice to me. Sounds like mystical. Yeah. Kind of, almost a little DMX in there, too. Yeah, it sounds like DMX, yeah. I know mean, you're, you're you're not digging the slow down vocals, the chorus, but overall, I'm 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 actually enjoying this. It's pretty ambitious. Yeah.
3: They just try to do the thing you do in hip hop, where you take a vocalist and it has a hook, yeah, like Alicia Keys with that New York song with Jay Z. Right. This is what that's trying to be. Or get a superstar with Maya. But it's it's too weird. I'm sure they tried it different ways. Yeah. So it makes me wonder if like the original tempo would have been better. Right. Maybe that felt too. Because this tempo feels good for the hip the rap section. Absolutely does.
2: Yeah. But the chorus just feels too like lethargic and sleepy. Yeah. As far as like what we've listened to on this entire thing so far, uh, this not being like a traditional band, this is up there for me in comparison to anything else that's like more electronic, hip-hop oriented, you know? Yeah. That's cool. Did you notice the, the clean solos in the background while he was doing that verse?
3: I did not notice that. Yeah. That's someone else singing. So That's
2: one of them, maybe. Yeah.
3: I'd rather have heard that. Me too. Yeah, that would have been better than a slowed down James. Yeah, sample. for sure. Oh, I like that little glitchy thing.
2: I mean, that. Was, I mean, the chorus thing was the only weird part to me. I dug that. <sighs> yeah, I'm gonna have to give it a five. I was gonna. I'm going a little. I'm going six. Okay.
3: We got another Unforgiven here. This is Vishal Dadlani, who's one artist, an artist called Divine. Okay. And an artist called Shore Police. Vishal Dadlani is an Indian singer-songwriter.
2: It's pretty cool. That was cool, yeah. Very uh, moody.
3: Half of the duo of Vishal Shikhar and frontman of one of Indians' leading rock bands, Pentagram. Ooh. He's genre-fluid, so he, which i man after my own heart. Yeah. Likes to hop around. Uh, The rapper is called Divine, an Indian rapper The first Indian rapper To be featured on a Spotify billboard In New York City Wow And then Shore Police Is an Indian pop duo Comprised of Clinton Serayo And singer-songwriter Bianca Gomez
2: Interesting Okay, Clinton almost sounds like a country singer. It's pretty cool.
3: This one says featuring Metallica also, so I'm wondering if there are stems. Yeah, maybe sampled it. that's divine
1: okay
3: definitely influenced by Eminem. yeah Shaw said about the making of the song that they completely redesigned it from the ground up while keeping in mind the ethos of the metal fan and the Metallica loyalist. Okay. That's why the angst integration from the original uh, was important to retain. Gomez adds, we kept it powerful in terms of the drum sound, rearranged the format of the song, which was unpredictable for fans who've grown up with it. We didn't want it to have a traditional rock band flavor. We wanted... Rather to interpret a 90s track in 2021. Yeah. So this is Short Police. Yeah. Charity is the Durabi Dream Project, which is a hip hop movement started in 2014 and the largest ghetto in Asia. Okay to discover, nurture, mentor, and showcase emerging, under-resourced hip-hop talent from Duravi and across the world. That's cool. Whoa.
2: That was like
3: a movie trailer. Yeah, it totally was. In a world. <laughs> In Duravi.
2: Yeah, I said this last week, man. But this is just one of the best songs of the '90s. Absolutely.
3: And to think about this song being on a, the same album as "Nothing Else Matters." Yeah, just two monster. I know, man. Ballads. Well, it's pretty fun. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a five.
2: I was gonna go four. I mean, that sounds insulting, but I mean, I enjoyed it, but it
3: it, it wasn't like a mind blowing experience by any means. Um, so this is another one for me so this is J Balvin so this is this is going to be one of those yeah (sighs) club kind of DJ ones J Balvin is a Colombian singer rapper known as the Prince of Reggaeton yes which is a genre of music that originated in Puerto Rico in the mid 90s he sold 35 million albums (laughs) that's pretty crazy charity is St. Jude's Hospital everyone knows what that does yeah
2: right here in Tennessee
3: resources for kids who've been diagnosed with cancer yeah none of the families pay for anything yeah
2: they I've got a couple of friends that in, in Memphis that work there they do really good stuff it's fucking amazing yeah
3: well this is actually cooler than I thought it would be because he's rapping over it yeah to get my wife to tell me what he's saying yeah that's right I wonder if my father-in-law would like this. Should forward it to him. Half of my family is Puerto Rican, which is why I'm saying that. Right,
2: yes. I know that. I listen to that in the background. It's like the very end of the song. When Kirk's going way, way up
3: high. Yeah. And the solo fade out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is pretty sick. It's pretty (laughs) creepy. Yeah.
2: I'm loving that low end, whatever they're using. It's like the bass line, essentially. There's the stem. That's weird. Yeah. This this sounds like Metallica.
3: (laughs) This one's really derivative of the original.
2: And nailed the sounds.
3: Yeah, big misstep. They should have just kept up with what they were doing.
2: Yeah, it was pretty awesome, actually. And
3: I'll anywhere, anywhere there we go.
2: See? That's cool. Where I lay, my head is
3: that's fucking cool. Like, that's rad. That was cool, too. Uh, There was was
2: no need for the (laughs) actual recording of Rome in there. I
3: agree. Okay. Well, you know, um, what should we give
2: that? I'm going five.
3: Yeah. It would have been a six if it hadn't done that weird 90 seconds of the actual Rome that did not fit at all.
2: Right. Uh, This is Mickey Guyton.
3: Guyton. Which our mutual friend, Jackson Epley, he used to play for Mickey Guyton. Yeah. So she's a... um,
2: American country artist uh, Raised in Texas She was exposed To various types of music At a young age Material uh, incorporates A lot of elements Of uh, contemporary country And R&B music um, Her charity Is the United Negro College Fund mm-hmm. uh, Where they, they envision A nation where All Americans Have equal access To college education Prepares them for uh, Rich intellectual lives Competitive and fulfilling careers Engaging citizenship And service to our nation Cool Um yeah, she's, she's got a great voice. Well, she's
3: really fascinating because she's in the country world here in town. Right. She's a black artist. Yeah. Um, and she's kind of in the R&B world, but she's kind of firmly in the country world here. Yeah. A lot Love of it. my friends write with her and write for her. Awesome. Love it. Great reputation in town. Yeah. I'm surprised that this is what it sounds like. It sounds like she's leaning more in the R&B.
2: Yeah, definitely not. Uh, I don't hear any country in this, but uh, I, I dig this is what I'm saying. <laughs>
3: She's got a killer voice, man. Yeah, man, she does. Genres just really don't exist anymore. Yeah. They're just becoming less and less relevant. Right. No one cares. Totally. Kids don't care anymore. Well,
2: I mean, it also, even if you even just listen to some modern country music, it's like, that's, it's a pop song with... And you have an accent essentially and then it's country right
3: um i could see maybe metalheads being the ones that are maybe hang on to that genre but you look at halsey she made three pop albums and then she just made kind of an industrial rock album right no one gives a fuck yeah you know
2: i made a reggae record than a surf record so man she could sing shit some like prince guitar playing right there yeah it's,
3: it's like a, with like a, a, like a pog on yeah. it or something an octaver it's cool like little whirly in the left you hear that
2: yeah or an organ real kind of ominous sounding
3: That was fucking cool,
2: man. I'm really enjoying this version.
3: I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't know she's a country artist. Nope, not at all. Another person that's just destroying all those boundaries is Taylor. Taylor Swift. Yeah, for sure. I mean, her reputation album is straight pop. Straight pop. And then she put out like two folk albums. Yeah, that are, that are as good as singer songwriter albums. As anything from the last couple of years, mm-hmm, yeah, legitimate like singer songwriter shit, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Well,
3: she hit that out of the fucking park.
2: It's for you, Mickey. Nice job,
3: Mickey. Damn. Real damn good. Just kind of fucking with my list here. <laughs> hmm. Wow. Great version. Wow. I'm. I'm. Man. I wonder if old Hootie can keep up because Hootie's next. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, I'm giving that. I'm giving that an eight. I really,
2: really like yeah, that. I'm going
3: to also give that an eight. Yeah. All right. So up next, Darius Rucker, another Nashville-based country artist, mm-hmm. uh, which is this really strange sentence to say, having grown up on Hootie and the Blowfish, of, course, of yeah. whom I was a fan as a kid, um, but carved out a hell of a career here. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Highly respected. He's kind of from uh, our drummer, Parker's Neck of the Woods. He's mm-hmm. a Carolina boy. Right, yeah. I've only heard good things about the guy. Very respected guy. In Great town. reputation. Yeah. Great reputation. Um. His charity is MUSC Children's Health, a medical university in South Carolina. So that makes sense. Cool. I believe he's from Charleston. All right, Darius, let's see what you got, baby. So far, this is the best acoustic playing of the intro Mm -hmm. of all the covers that kind of went for what they already did. Yeah. Sounds like a string quartet as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, a little steel. Love that. Couldn't be much more from
1: the heart. For ever trusting who we are. And nothing else matters. It's beautiful. <laughs> Let her cry. <laughs> Let it do on Ellery. Open
3: myself Yeah, sounds great. Life is out. It's very dramatic sounding. Yeah.
2: I love the slide in there. Ooh, cool harmonies.
3: I in you. I mean, shit, this one's pretty good. Yeah. Like, if you didn't ever hear the original and you heard this, you'd be like, fuck, this is a good song. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. What is this? This
3: is awesome. I wonder if he goes for it later in the chorus. Ooh, I wonder. That's what Mickey did. She did the first one low.
1: Man, come on, Darius. You're making my list hard, man. Come on, buddy. Hey, be a buddy. Hit that high note. (laughs) Yeah, be be a buddy. Brantley, Darius, listen. Be a buddy and go for it. This
2: one's more orchestral than I expected. Ooh, a little mando in there.
3: It's kind of like they were like, hey, let's not make it sound country. I, I don't know, it's weird. It's like they were like, ugh, let's not do that. Yeah,
2: there's country elements there. Some slide guitar, I guess, a mandolin, but.
3: Nice. Ooh, very smooth. smooth yeah. Jinx, buy me a coke. Oh,
2: my God. We finished each other's.
1: Jason, Brantley, listen. Called Jinx on you a few weeks ago. Had heard from you since. Need you to be a buddy. Call me back. Buy me a cup. Bye. Brantley, Jason, you heard the Darius record cover. Nothing else matters. Pretty damn good, man. Give a listen. Call me back. Be a buddy. Bye. Jason, Brantley, heard the cover. Love it. Not gonna let you distract me from the fact that you owe me coke. Need you to call me back, be a buddy, bye. Brantley, Jason. I got your Cub for you and also got your mixtape of hoodie and the blowfish. Be a buddy and call me back and get you them things right away. Jason, Brantley! Got your copy of Cracked Rear View. Love it. Love that song time. Anyway, be a buddy. Call me back soon. Maybe you can come over later. We can have some PB and J and listen to the Cootie and the Blowfish. Bye. Bradley, Jason. I went ahead and got us two straws for that cocoa. We can share it like buddies. So be a buddy. Let's make this happen. Jason, the got your message. Glad to hear it. I'll bring the spaghetti. Big old plate. We'll put it right in the middle of the table. Two forks. We'll split the noodles. And if the night ends in a kiss, so be it.
3: There he goes. There he goes. He went for it. Oh, so a lot of the heavy lifting's in the harmony. I mean, he's ever known for like a, a high range no? singer.
2: So, listen careful what they know. This is a really beautiful version. I mean,
3: it's really, really good. Uh,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm. Ooh,
3: got the marching drum beat. Yeah. It's, it's pretty heavy musically.
2: Now this this sounds more like it's from a soundtrack. Little nod to the solo there. Yep. Son of a bitch. Jeez, Darius. Old Dr.
3: Man, I think and pretty, pretty faithful to the arrangement. I mean, this is one of those yeah. examples of a verbatim one that's really great. Yeah. For and sure. Mickey's was kind of like that too. Yeah.
2: He definitely stepped up to the plate and swung and fucking cracked a homer with this one. Man, I'd love it.
3: What did we give Mickey, eight? Eight. I mean, shit, I'd probably have to give this a seven or maybe an eight.
2: I, I think I'm going to give it an eight.
3: I, I, was, I was very, very surprised. I'm with you. I'm going to give it an eight, too. Yeah. This was just really fucking good. No <laughs> This really is nothing was. you can, what can you say? <laughs> Way to go, Darius. Way Darius. to go, Hootie. Hell yeah. I, I do have to say this, uh, and I hate to say it. Hootie and the Blowfish, one of the worst band names of all time. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Really, really bad.
2: Somehow worked out for him, though. It didn't, like... Well,
3: because he wrote great songs. Yeah, really good songs. So.
2: Only Wanna Be With You. Only Wanna Be
3: With You, Hold My Hand, Let Her Cry. Let Her Cry. Is, that's probably my favorite Hootie song. Dude, Let Her Cry is killer. But the Deep Guts and Crack Review are good, too. Uh, Sad Caper, that was a good Hootie song. Mm-hmm. Time. Time. And then, of course, you know, Wagon Wheel is kind of his big thing, but it's a Bob Dylan song.
2: Right. Uh, it's a Wagon Wheel, a Bob Dylan song that uh, the singer of Old Crow Medicine Show finished, yes. right? Yes.
3: Yeah, lucky him, dipshit. Yeah, for real. All right, good job, Darius. Okay, we got three more to listen to here. Next one is uh, Igor Levitt. Uh,
4: Igor. Igor Levitt. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Igor. Master, please. Fetch
2: me a pail, please.
4: Igor. (laughs) Have you seen (laughs) Kronos? He's late for supper.
2: Uh, um, so uh, this this seems pretty cool. Uh, he's a, a Russian German pianist who focuses on the works of people like Bach and Beethoven, the classics. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also a professor at the Hanover University of Music, Drama, and Media in Hanover, Germany. Okay. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, he's in Berlin. My bad. But yeah, so this is going to be obviously a very epic, beautiful thing here. Uh, his charity is uh, called Frio F R E O. Uh, And they work with independent orchestras around Germany that need funding, that need uh, maybe a place to perform, things like that.
3: And he's a singer as well?
2: No, he's just a piano player. Ah, this is instrumental? This will be instrumental. I'm kind of a sucker for this kind of stuff. Just one beautiful piano track.
3: Yeah, he might like Philip Glass. He does uh, a lot of soundtrack stuff. Yeah. And he did a whole Radiohead album. Ooh. Basically just piano composing versions of Radiohead songs. Amazing. No lyrics. That's cool. It's pretty fun for like bedtime or yeah. for like a vibe.
2: It also it also shows
3: the power of James's melodies, you know? Yeah, melodically pretty simple, but I guess, or at least quarterly it's simple. But someone like this Igor Levitt guy who's just on another level Yeah. Now, field day with something simple and beautiful. Oh yeah. All the variations on the themes of it. Cuz he's putting in a lot of passing chords and
1: He's pretty good. <laughs> He'll do.
3: He's definitely churching up some of these chords. Yeah, just like Joe Dirt when he <laughs> it's like Joe Dirt when he told the guy his name was Dirtay. Yeah, <laughs> and he said, "Don't church it up for me, kid. Don't. I know your name's Dirt." Yeah.
4: Igor Egor, <laughs> where is my piano Key to tune Igor I know Nothing else matters Igor Igor fetch me a pail of water to <laughs> bathe in Please and draw the fire As well So close no matter how far Igor Couldn't be much more from the heart Igor Fetch the archery (laughs) quiver, Igor. (laughs) (laughs) The archery quiver.
3: (laughs) Oh, my God.
4: For they put him into an iron maiden, Igor.
2: Excellent. (laughs) This is beautiful, by the way. (laughs)
4: Quite. <laughs> quite, quite, quite. Igor, could you fetch the stallion? For I need to, uh, <laughs> uh, I need
2: to journey to the other. I can't, I can't figure that one out. For muchly
4: is it beautiful? yeah.
3: Wow.
1: Now he's just showing off. Now, yeah.
4: Igor, please come <laughs> back to, to planet Earth, please. Doth mine descend the clouds where one dwells with the gods and grace us mere mortals with your presence Igor Oh how he played and played And oh how when he played all our sorrows melted into wonderment and merry joys he played the ivory keys Igor
3: Well, really pretty. I mean, I gotta. I think I like have to give that a maybe a six or a seven. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll get in a, trouble if I don't. I know, right?
4: Igor <laughs> <laughs> shall descend upon Tennessee
2: on his dragon.
3: Well, yeah, I'm giving that you a know, seven. You know, on the diversity level of the of the album of the compilation, it's pretty cool. Yeah, Good, is this nothing else composer. matters? Another one? There's so <sighs> many of them. <laughs> Man, four on this one. So this is Tresser. A Congolese-born singer-songwriter, producer, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. His name is French for treasure. Treasure. He's won two South African Music Awards. His charity is UNHCR, which is a refugee agency whose primary purpose is to safeguard the rights and well-being of refugees. They work to ensure that everyone has the right to seek asylum and find safe refuge in another country, which is cool.
2: That's awesome. So close, no matter how far
3: Killer voice
0: Mm-hmm
2: I love uh, hearing non-American singers And you can really hear their accent and A lot of times, especially in like the rock world If it's a band from, let's say, the UK or Sweden or whatever When they sing, like their accent kind of goes away Yeah You know? So I always, I'm always, i always kind of attracted to hearing you
3: know, someone's accent in their, in their singing. I just finished Succession, the show on HBO. Right. And uh, it's a very intense, dramatic show. Yeah. So it ended and uh, I needed a palate cleanser. So I was just watching interviews with the cast. Yeah. Several of them are British. I hey. no cl- had no clue.
2: There you go. Yeah, that's always a fun, fun little tidbit
3: to find out when you're uh, getting deep, deep into a, a show. It'd be hard to do a job where you had to do an accent for so much of it.
2: Yeah. Well, I remember the first couple seasons uh, when I was just... That's nice. That's cool. Getting into The Walking Dead, and uh, one of the girls, Lauren Cohen on there, she's, I think, half British, half Australian, I mm-hmm. believe. But she has like a... Just a Georgia accent, you know. She lives Mm. on the farm, Mm. you know.
3: Oh, what's that? A zombie over there? Oh, look! I reckon it is. Is that one of them Walking Dead things? Hey, Igor, can you get your bow and arrow out (laughs) real quick? (laughs) Igor, bring bring the quiver of arrows. (laughs) You have to shoot him in the brain. I mean, I, I love it. It's moody, and yeah. it's it's dark. It reminds me of the David Gahan right. version. The only problem is when there's 10 of these on the album, it just gets diluted. The power yeah. of it, it's like... Yeah, I'm with you. We've just listened to three... This is the fourth in a row, and all right. of them have been really good. Yeah. And then you've got Phoebe Bridgers, which is really good. you got Chris Stapleton's, which is really good. Miley Cyrus is really good. Yeah, I mean... Fucking my, uh, Jim James's is really good. Yeah, So... It's just hard to stand out. Right. This is really
2: cool. Very, uh, almost lullaby-ish.
3: How wild is it that no one else went for a wolf of man except for Avi? Isn't that
2: interesting? It's crazy. There's only one struggle within, too. I would have done one. Now, I wonder if some of these artists aren't like deep... Metallica fans and so they just went with the hits they knew
3: I think that's definitely the case for some of these yeah but you know I was listening to Phoebe Bridgers when we were uh, flying to uh, Kansas City the other day yeah I was listening to my favorite ones of these because some of these have made it into my actual listening yeah. which by the way I'm listening almost exclusively to the Beatles right now so if you cracked into that for me I must really like it yeah exactly <laughs> and uh, she she sings it the way he sings it live yeah So like all the little things he does live she does so I'm like well I think she's a fan
1: Yeah for sure You know
3: And I know Juan S Grew up with like Posters of Metallica And you know He was a huge fan Mm
2: -hmm. Oh yeah
3: This will make it onto A playlist of mine Yeah I just really like the vibe Yeah same Really clean recording
2: Yeah good performance Production's great
3: See, that's the other thing about verbatim. Is if I was playing this, I would play that solo verbatim because I just feel like it. It demands. It demands an homage. Yeah, for sure. I'm not t- telling my own story in that solo.
1: <laughs> Igor, please play the solo. <laughs> It'd be like changing the lyrics.
3: Yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure.
2: When he does that trust, uh, kind of like. It's almost a very desperate sound uh, to his voice. It reminds me of Enrique.
4: Would you dance?
2: If I asked you to dance,
4: <laughs> Eagle, please bring the throat coat, please. <laughs> For our throats are dry.
2: Yes.
3: Well, I mean, honestly, dude, I got to give that pretty high marks. So I got to give that probably a seven.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm. I, I'll go seven as well. I
3: mean, it's just fucking beautiful. Yeah, it is really compelling vocal. He did it the way it goes on the album, but it wasn't boring, and the recording's great. Mm-hmm. So, what, what else can he ask for? All right, next up, and this is the last one before we break into. So, you did make your top ten, and you've listened to everything already. Yes, yes. So, I'm still I'm having to fit some of these into a an augmented list here. So, here we go. This is "Don't Tread on Me" by Sebastian. <laughs> oh oh yeah this is a french musician composer producer mixer engineer vocalist and dj
2: fucking david i'll say something. david bowie yeah
3: david bowie you know who co-wrote that song um uh yes
2: Oh, shit, shit. Who grew up fame? It wasn't Freddie Mercury. Was it Paul Stanley? No. There was somebody
3: that I... Tell me. John Lennon. John Lennon, that's right. I mean, this is pretty
2: interesting. I think the track is cool. This almost sounds like a mashup. Yeah, like it's some un- Yeah, know, it does. You see all those on YouTube all the time.
3: What does that remind me of? Reminds me of Peter Gabriel. No, it's Sledgehammer, uh, Addicted to Love.
2: Oh yeah, Robert uh, Robert Palmer. Robert Palmer, yeah. Is that what that is? I mean, it's to similar like sax sound.
3: Or maybe not Added to Love, but um, what are those? what's the other one that he did? Same video with the chicks oh, in yeah, it. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Oh, Simply Irresistible. Yeah. That's Simply Irresistible. Uh, oh, yeah. But slowed down. Yeah.
1: Simply Irresistible.
2: Um, I mean, this is fine. <laughs> I'm not like, it doesn't excite me.
3: The, dude, uh, the dude's obviously talented, you know. Charity is the Novak... Chukovic Foundation. By giving every child the opportunity to receive a quality preschool education, we're giving them a chance to flourish to know the joy of success.
2: Can I sign up for this? (laughs) Oh, preschool.
3: They may make an exception for you. This is pretty cool, this part. That was Nothing Else Matters.
2: Oh isn't, oh, isn't the title of this, like, Don't Tread on Else Matters or something?
3: Oh. Goddamn. Another we Nothing Else we, Matters. We,
2: we can't escape it.
3: <laughs> yeah, I just now noticed that. Don't Tread on Else Matters. That's not as clever, I think, maybe as it no. sounded. No. Trust I seek, and I find it James? You. So I wonder if that's the Michael Kamen strings.
2: Maybe so. That sounds like it. Yeah.
3: It's a weird vocal stem.
2: That's James, right? It's James. It's just like a harmony.
3: Pretty cool. It's like Skrillex. Yeah. I mean, I will say. Say it, Clint. If me and you were in, like, the brown tent at Burning Man. Yeah. And this is blasting at 120 dB we'd be having fun
2: and we're on mushrooms
3: oh yeah well we've moved on from mushrooms at that point we're on mescaline (laughs) um I mean
2: overall I mean I'd probably listen to this one again but I mean the dude is talented there's some really great stuff in the track um the whole middle section of him kind of just using what exists in the original song is a bit weird
3: yeah I like this ascending thing yeah
4: Igor, Igor. (laughs) Does the sparrow not fly into the dark dawn, Igor? Igor, is the stew ready? Igor, did you happen to record... uh, Seinfeld for me? (laughs) Did you set the TVO, (laughs) Igor? Igor. Here goes my Brita water filter out of the dishwasher yet. For I long for the cold taste of filter water. When did we get a time machine to come to the year twenty twenty two?
3: Okay, well let's burn down these top ten. So we've yeah. we've now assessed we've assessed the situation. We have, yeah, the entire situation. And we did what we like to do here at Metal Up Your Podcast Industries, is we were thorough as hell. Yeah, we gave everything a fair shot, everything a fair shake. And uh, now it's time to see what happened. So that's right. Well, how,
2: how do we want to do this? You want to go back and forth? You want to go one, you know, head to no, head? No,
3: let's just hear your top ten. But at first, I want to hear your honorable mentions. Okay, honorable
2: mentions. Number five, YB with Sad but True. That's kind of the more like kind of punk rock version of it. Okay. Uh, number four, and I I hate to even have this in honorable mentions. Okay, but at least it's not in this in the stinky category. Okay, or the misfire. Uh, Goodnight Texas of Wolf of Man. Okay. Uh, number three, Biffy Clyro, Holier Than Now. You fuck. What?
3: These aren't on your list.
2: Honorable messi- mentions. Okay. Um, this is essentially eleven through fifteen, <laughs> right? Uh, and this, this, this. I surprised myself by adding this honorable mentions instead of in my main list. Number two, Jason Isbell's "Habit True." Okay. And number one, K.G. Elephant, "Unforgiven." Really like that version. Okay. Cool. So there's my honorable mentions. Yeah. And now it's time for my top ten.
4: Eagle, please read the top ten. Fetch me the, the, the scroll. <laughs> All
2: right. Uh, number ten, Diet Sig, "Unforgiven." Okay uh i've become a fan of that band because of that cover nice i've really I've been digging digging their music number nine off Holder than thou for obvious reasons it just kicks ass right um one i think we we covered in the first episode of this series which is amela may's cover the God that failed one of my favorites on the entire thing okay uh number seven saint vincent Sabbath true okay Number six, uh, this one I feel kind of got a little unnoticed, and I re-listened to it and and just fell in love with it again. Is uh, by Cherry Glazer, my friend of misery. Okay. Number five, Dermot Kennedy's "Nothing Else Matters." Dermot, Dermot. Number four, and this this girl captured our hearts last week. Tommy Owo with "Through the Never." Mm -hmm. Uh, Number three, Sam Fender's "Sabbat True."
3: Wow, it made it that far,
2: dude. This is I, 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 this is why I re-listened to a, a, a lot of stuff last night. I just wanted to really kind of absorb it. Number two, Chris Stapleton's "Nothing Else Matters." Okay, and uh, number one is one Miss Phoebe Bridgers with her "Nothing Else Matters." That was the number
3: one for you, huh? That's my number one. Yeah. Let me do mine, and then we'll do our misfires together. Yes, yes please. Okay. Um, well, we had three. We have. Uh, Shit, I, my system doesn't make sense anymore. We have one song that was of the same exact song at the same slot. Okay. And then we had a couple of other overlaps, okay. but not in the same spot. Let's hear it. But we did get one, which out of 52... That's not bad. That's pretty cool. Um. Well, okay, I was pretty blown away by uh some of these songs today. Mm-hmm. So nothing changed my top 10. I couldn't figure out how to make that work. But I do want to give honorable mentions to... Both Mickey Gotten and Darius Rucker's "Nothing Else Matters" those were incredible, and yeah. so was Tresser's. Yeah, good job, everybody. Um, my number five honorable mention. So I, I just couldn't mention those because those kind of blew me away. Uh, yeah, they were really good. Dave Gahan, the Depeche Mode "Nothing Else Matters." Yes, so that's I have four "Nothing Else Matters" in my uh, honorable mentions. <laughs> uh, Royal Blood "Sabbat True" had to give it up. Yeah, the Jose Madero "Unforgiven." I love. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Love this voice. Jason Isbell "Sabbat True" and Sim Fender "Sabbat True" are all in my honorable mentions. Okay,
2: so. Uh, was that number five, number one? Yes. Okay, so Jason Isbell landed at the same spot for
3: us. Ah, and the honorable mentions. Yes. Yep, that's right. All right, now to my top ten. So number ten. Now, this really isn't a dude that I listen to very often, but I was really blown away. I almost kind of dreaded listening to the cover because I just didn't think I'd like it. Yeah. And so my number ten, though, because it blew me away, is Chris Stapleton's Nothing Else Matters. There you go. It sounds like he's playing it in Drop D. Yeah, and it's just got that tremolo. I mean, I just love that guitar tone, mm-hmm. and his voice is That's obviously the jazz master. Yeah. His voice is obviously amazing. Yeah, and it's a cool long Stoner Jam, oh, yeah, Stoner Rock vibe, Stoner Jam. I love it, and it sounds like it's him taking the solos instead of like a, a more traditional cleaner he, guitar I, I'm player. I'm pretty sure
2: he does most of the solos on his like, records. It too. sounds
3: like him. It, you know not a not a you know not like a total ripper. It sounds like a singer playing guitar, mm-hmm, which yeah. you know I like. Number nine, another band. And song, not one of my favorite songs, not one of my favorite bands, but I love this goddamn cover is Vol Beats Don't Tread on Me. Yeah. Really because of that chorus. I, I they
2: were they were in my honorable mentions at one point and then got booted out. But. Yeah.
3: Number eight for me, St. Vincent Sabbath True. I thought it was the most imaginative. Mm-hmm. I loved Isabelle's. I loved Sam Fenders. They both made my honorable mentions. Right. But to make my actual top 10, I had to put St. Vincent on there. Love the guitars in it. Number seven, one that surprised me from last week, was Alicia Carr and The Warnings' Inner Sandman. Yeah, that was really good. Just really loved it. Listened to it on the plane a few times. Nice. And it was like, yep, yeah, this is going to make it. Number six for me, your number one, Phoebe Bridgers' Nothing Else Matters. Okay. Especially when like all the production comes in. They, oh, man. They, they, they leave it pretty sparse for a while. Yeah. But I think it's after like the first bridge when like all the creepy Billie Eilish production comes in. Yeah, Totally. Number five for me, one of your honorable mentions, but number five for me, Cage the Elephant, The Unforgiven. Okay. Really loved it. Uh, number four is our shared slot, the uh, Tommy Owo, Through Dude, the Never. Just so
2: good. Love her. Have you checked out any of her? She only has, like I think, a couple singles. No, not yet. Uh, maybe an EP, but uh, no, not even a full-length record on, on uh, the streaming services. But yeah, check out her stuff. It's really vibey.
3: Number three, another song that made your list, Cherry Glazer, My Friend of Misery. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites. That was from our first episode on this. Now number two because the song is awesome and because I'm a better friend than you. Goodnight Texas of Wolf and Man.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry Avi if you're listening, you're in honorable mentions. Uh, hey, no disrespect, you're not on the uh, misfire list.
3: And number one for me, Biffy Clyro, holier than thou.
2: I had a feeling that was going to be your number one. You, you've you've kind of raved about that every time we've done one of these episodes. It's just so beautiful. It is. It's great.
3: All right. So now let's unfortunately talk about. And I encourage you, by the way, everyone at home, to be playing along. Make your own list. Yeah. Compare and contrast. I guess I should have said that That's what earlier. we
2: do. I mean, it, it should be known at this point.
3: Um, so let's hear your top five misfires. All right. and Inner
2: Sandman. Why a misfire? It was just very boring to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhat phoned in sounding. Um, uh, number four was one we, we, we just listened to, Don't Tread on Else Matters by Sebastian. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of the production's rad, but overall it's just kind of boring. Number three, oh, a one Weezer with Anders Sandman. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, the Neptunes version of Rome. Okay. I found that really, really boring. And my least favorite was Jay Balvin's Rome.
3: I just wow. Found- so, one from today was your least favorite?
2: Uh, Sebastian.
3: Oh, you went one to five? I'm doing five I know, to no, one. I did, that was five to one. So, no, your number one biggest misfire was one we listened to today. Yeah. Sebastian or J Balvin J Balvin Okay I just I just Yeah I can't even remember Anything about it What happened in that one
2: That's the one that They end up using
3: The actual
2: Rome In the song
3: Oh yeah Well that was really cool Until that Yeah Remember we liked that one Yeah The Puerto Rican guy Why did I put this On He's the Prince of of Reggaeton
2: I guess I guess maybe I was going through him Last night and Hmm That was Now I need to rethink Well that was this guy This one's sick Well, I don't know what was going through my head last night when I was making this list then. Well, okay. How, how about this? Can I put Weezer twice? In there?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say this. On our top fives, we have two songs in the same exact slots. Okay. Number one, or number five, starting number five, I actually had Ghost, but I bumped it today for this Mac DeMarco guy. Ah, uh, okay. Because, uh, you know, I didn't like it. Yeah. And at least with Ghost, they did some interesting things with like the pre chorus. Right. And uh, so that's why it's my number five. You said that his actual kind of indie rock shit was cool. So mm-hmm. maybe I can check it out. Um, it pains me a little bit to put him in the misfires because I loved his Jeffs and his Yez and his Uh, <laughs> <Chows>. <laughs> uh but, if, but that's where he is. Number four, the Chase and Status Wherever I May Roam, which is one of the kind of hip-hoppy DJ ones. Mm-hmm. Number three, we share. Weezer, Inner Sandman. Okay. It was almost the number one misfire. And here's why. Because I know you don't like them, but I actually like Weezer. I like Weezer. Um it's a missed opportunity because of how talented they are, how fucking good mm-hmm. they are, how creative they can be. Yeah. And it Rivers is a great guitar it's, player. Too. He's a great he's guitar a player. It, they're just a great band. Yeah. And they're super funny and and quirky and and, and interesting. They're mm-hmm. like one of the most interesting rock bands in the last 20 years. Yeah. So the fact that it sounds like they really just phoned in some bullshit yeah. is why it's a misfire for me. Right. It's a misfire conceptually. Yeah, I hear you. Number two, we have also the Neptunes, wherever I may roam, yeah. just because of sheer boredom. Yeah, it's pretty boring. Just sheer boredom, right? Number one, one probably the most unpleasant song to me uh, on this entire thing was Portugal the Man's "Don't Tread on Me." Yeah, that one was pretty. Uh, that one's pretty bad. I really just couldn't stand almost anything about it. Yeah, no offense to them, no offense to Portugal the Man fans. You know, I've got a friend that I actually grew up with who I really trust musically, who always text me about Portugal, the man. Mm-hmm. He, like, really thinks I need to check it out because he really thinks yeah. I like it. Well, based on well, that... Well,
2: I, I checked out their Metallica cover.
3: <laughs> so, well, there you have it, folks. Uh, you can write in yeah. to your podcast show at gmail.com and give us your list. I'd like to see what stood out to everybody out there. Right. Excuse me.
4: Bless you, Igor. <coughs> Thank you, <sir>. Um.
3: <laughs> what else? I mean, I wonder... I, I guess I haven't really been, like on the forums or anything, but I wonder what people's general reaction to this album have been, you know? Yeah. It's a lot to digest. Um,
2: I uh, I, I kind of, you know, I know we're all a little burnt out on the Black Album, but I, I've i definitely uh, thought about including a Black Album track on my songs for the next Cover World Black End.
3: Well, the world needs a few more Nothing Else Matters. That's what there. I was thinking, yeah. Well, yeah, we need to get to that this year at some point. Yeah, we will. All right. Well, write in Melody podcast Show at gmail.com. Let us know what you responded to on the blacklist. I'm glad to have wrapped that up. If you want to support us on Patreon, it's really easy to do, goes a long way. We're giving out this deluxe black album vinyl box set here soon. We are going to be on tour up in the East Coast for a while. That's right. Well, not for a while, for seven days, eight days. Yeah,
2: there's like seven or eight shows. Well, East Coast, a little bit of like that northern area up in uh, Detroit, stuff like that.
3: Um, Please don't DM us and ask us about the dates just look them up <laughs> they're available we right. they're very accessible and available and uh, we of course would love to see everybody if you can make it out and um, anything else we should add before we split these
2: um I'm just glad that we closed the closed the book on uh, the the blacklist
3: did we slam the door that couldn't be slammed or as, or as uh, as Igor would say well, we
2: closed the drawbridge uh, to the castle of the blacklist'
4: mm-hmm. me my pal peace adios Igor
1: (laughs) if you were our advisor what would you say then I would say
3: delete that